0: Well, we'd like to welcome all of you by way of live stream. Uh, Brother Gerald said he was in India last week and watched our services and said, I look good in Indian. And, uh, isn't that amazing that in India, uh, watched our service, said it was just as plain, just as, as uh, sharp as, uh, as it could be. Uh, before you leave tonight, I'd like for you to meet my my oldest daughter. Many of you have never met my oldest daughter, and uh, come here, darling. Would you, honey? Come here. <laughs> <laughs> come here. This this is the this is my oldest daughter, and she uh, she is a apple of daddy's eye. She's just uh, uh, not very good looking, and she's very she she drools a lot but uh, <laughs> this, is, this is my my eldest daughter she don't look eldest does she he would have had to say that yeah. <laughs> well now you're on live tv all over the world <laughs> so if, if you're wanted for anything you just got <laughs> called all right <laughs> okay thank you so very much thank you darling get to meet her before you leave she she's nicer than her daddy that uh, she's here for a couple of a couple of days she Flying through, she's been to Las Vegas gambling, and uh, that's the reason she didn't give anything in the offering. <laughs> All right, take your Bible, if you would, please, to the book of Acts, chapter number 10 tonight, and uh, the reason we're in Acts is because it's our missions conference, and we finished Second Corinthians last week. After our missions conference, we'll go right into Galatians, and then uh, through the remainder of the Bible, through the Revelation, just... On Wednesday night, and have a good time with the Lord. Uh, I want you to take a look tonight. And this is missions month and we're having a good time. And we're having some great missionaries coming in. But I, I, want, I want to just uh, read you something tonight. I want to show you tonight why missions should be a priority in every church. Why missions should be a priority. And when I'm talking about missions, I'm talking about missions across the street missions across town, missions around the world. I don't I'm not so much on home missions and foreign missions. I'm just for soul winning wherever you are. I think people are lost wherever they are and so I I want to show you tonight why that uh, mission should be a priority. Look in your Bible. I'll read for you seven verses and I would to God when you go home tonight you'd read through verse 33 and uh, you'll get some more and in chapter 11 also it's Mentioned there, but 10 and 11, we're talking about a Gentile man by the name of Cornelius. And I know many of you are familiar with the text, but I want to just give you some reasons tonight and talk about the priority of missions uh, in our church. I think the worst thing in the world for a church is when they begin to look inward and forget to look outward. Anytime a church begins to look inward and begins to minister to itself and forgets the lost around the world, it becomes uh, non-church and it gets in trouble immensely. I think we need to have an outward look and not an inward look. You see what I mean? I'm talking about the church. Now, I'm not talking about you as a Christian. I'm not talking about uh, an outward appearance. So don't go on and say that I've turned legalistic. Would you do that? Now, don't you do that, brother. Don't you allow that to happen, Lanny? All right. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band a devout man and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the poor I mean to the people and prayed to God always he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him Cornelius I wonder if that happened to you That would be calm if an angel came to you and said, uh, whatever your name is. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. God even sees when lost people pray and give. You like that? Here's a lost man who's praying to a God that he does not know and given to people because of the God he does not know. And it went up for a memorial to God. Don't you think that God don't hear the prayer of unsaved people? And don't think that God don't see the gifts of unsaved people. Now, he's going to save this man and I'm glad of that, aren't you? Now the Bible says, And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he lodged with one Simon, a tenor, whose house is by the seaside. And he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Now I hope you'll read the rest of it. But I wonder, could I ask you a question? Do you suppose there are people like Cornelius living today, people who want to know about God, but does not have anyone to tell them about the God they do not know? Do you think maybe there's people in Joshua people in Burleson, people in Texas, people in Africa, maybe people in Mexico and people around the world that are in search of a God they do not know and they would listen intently if somebody would go tell them about the God they do not know. But they know exists. You know, I just believe, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, uh, that there are more people willing to hear the gospel than they are willing to preach the gospel. Have you ever thought about that? I believe there's more people willing to hear the good news of Jesus Christ than there are Christians with a desire to show us, tell them the gospel, that they are Christians who's willing to do that. I mean, sometimes I talk to a person and they said, man, I've been wanting to know that a long time. And there's some people slam the door in my face. Some folks say, "I don't want anything to do with God." But you know, there are just some people wants to know our God, and they cannot know our God apart from somebody like you and I telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. You said, "Well, uh, how about an angel?" I wonder why the angel didn't tell him. An angel cannot tell anybody about Jesus. Because they don't know Jesus like we do. An angel has not been saved. An angel knows nothing about the blood. I, I just believe. How can you tell somebody something that you do not know anything about? And how can you give somebody something that you do not have? And an angel knows nothing about redemption because they know nothing about sin. And so the angels cannot do that. And so uh, if there are people like that around the world, and I think there are, and this is one reason why we have mission month to remind us that we ain't all there is to it. We are not all there is to it. And the money that we give God does not only go for electric bills. They go for people like the Ashcrafts who's going to... uh to uh, Thailand, the guy's been so many places. I forget where he's going next time. But man, how I respect brother, Ryan, brother Randy and his dear wife, Amen. who will spend his years, many years, in old Mexico and uh, fluent with the language and a tremendous missionary. And then he feels a call and the touch of God to go to Thailand. And they go to Thailand and they're learning the language. And all of a sudden, that's not rough enough. He says, I want to go. I believe God wants me to go to the Muslims in Thailand. Now, Muslims shoot people. They do not put a sign in the front yard saying, warning, bad dog. You get no warning until you hear something go pop. And he and his wife and his family are moving to Thailand now, going back, father's studying the language and feels God has called them to the Muslims in Thailand. I think we need to not forget to pray for Randy and his wife and his kids. But he realizes more than many of us that every Muslim that does not hear the gospel of grace and accepts Christ, they'll die and go to hell regardless of what anybody else says because that's what the Bible says. And I believe that's a good reason to have missions month. And let me please give you three reasons why I believe that mission should be a priority in this church. Now, we are big enough and financially stable enough till we all could retire and live happily ever after at Joshua Baptist Church and let every soul around us die and go to hell and play church until Jesus comes. And we could fill the auditorium. We could worship and raise our hands and roll our eyes and do all that we're supposed to do in the name of God and let everybody around us die and go to hell. Possibly. Have some of us settle into that situation. Dear God, I hope not. Because I believe missions ought to be a priority. Why? Look with me, if you would please, in the first place in verses 1 and 2. Missions is a priority because all religions do not end up in the same place. And they do not have the same end. Now, I know there's folks who say, and I, I know there's folks who say, Well, I'm glad you Christians have a way, one of the ways but now if you're on channel 11 or you're on channel 21 or you're on another channel or if you live in the White House, there's several ways. We're all struggling to please the same God. Don't that sound good? They'll let that on channel 11. Ain't nobody be mad at that. But what they get mad at is them old Arab folks. You know, those folks that's really narrow that believe that all religions did not end up with the same end. Verse 1 and 2. Look at this. The Bible says, and, and, and we need to be very, very, very plain about this. And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was a devout man. One that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Here is a man that is religious. Religious. Very religious. I mean, the guy gave. That's more than a lot of Baptists do. He feared God and that's more than some of us. You know, if, if, if we feared God like Cornelius feared God, uh, we wouldn't have to have a preacher threaten us if he didn't come to church. You know, Cornelius didn't let a job stand in the way of him coming to church. He feared God. He, 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 are you here? Can anybody say amen? amen? Feared God. Can you imagine he feared God? Amen. In other words, he's saying, hey, I just believe if i done something God didn't like, I might get zapped. I mean, when I used to do things my daddy didn't like, I didn't just say, now, dad, there's several ways of doing this. (laughs) (laughs) When Albert Greer said, you don't do it, I said, wait a minute. Now, there's several ways of not doing something, dad. How come we think God is that kind of God? You need to ask children if he's that kind of God or not. You probably need to ask the Jews if he's that kind of God or not. The Jews rejected God. The Jews have spit in God's face. And guess what? They've been persecuted ever since they did. And you say, well, the, the Holocaust was just an accident. Really? The Babylonian captivity was just an accident. Just, just, a, just a freak of nature. The Assyrian captivity was just, just, a, just an accident. Just an just, just event that happened. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing just happens. God's in charge of all of it. And you need to listen to me tonight. Notice, here is a man, a devout man, a man who feared God. And yet, this meant that Cornelius was a Gentile who had adopted many of the practices of Judaism. He had already turned his back on pagan religion. He was trying to find God. Notice in the second place, he had a reputation as a religious man. He was generous in his giving and he prayed to God constantly but notice, if you would please, he had turned from idolatry to worship God. You say, how do you know that? Look in chapter 11 now in verse number 11. I want you to see this in verse number 13. Look at this. Here is a man who is religious, who prayed, who was devout. Now notice what it says in verse number 13 of chapter 11. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house which stood and said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be. What's the next word? Here's a lost religious man. A lost sincere religious man. Here's a man who is on his way to hell. Religious but lost. I wonder how many church members we got like that. And that, that, I shudder. I pray at night, and I think of folk, and I say, "Dear God, if they save, they sure don't have. They sure don't have the fruits of a saved person." What would it take you to miss church on a regular basis? Just what big catastrophe in your life. Now I'm not talking something about big like a good TV program. If you were me and you saw such weak, frail Christianity, would you pray for people who are religious but lost? People who come to church to dodge the services. Dear God, don't come to church if you're going to miss the services. Stay home and watch Hooligans Heroes. That'll bless your heart. But I, 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 my heart breaks. Now, I'm not going to run around and beg you to come. I'm not going to beg people who say they're saved. To obey God. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to beg people who don't know God to be saved. But I'm not running around. Knocking on any of our members doors. Begging them to come to church. But I'll tell you something else. I'm not going to be anybody in leadership. In this church that don't come to church. That's not because of anything other. Than the person who is in leadership. I care about the relationship with God. And their relationship with God and their attendance to the service and preaching service and open to the Word of God is more important to me than my safety or anything else. You understand that? And when I pray for you, I don't pray because a leader in the ministry is not doing what they're supposed to do. I pray because one of God's children has faltered. And they 're beginning to backslide here's a religious man he wouldn 't have missed a service here's a religious man that prayed on a regular basis here's a religious man' who's devout, but all over the world they're that way I watched them I watched them uh, elect a pope and i 've been moved i 'm glad the Smoke is finally white. And I look at all of those confused. Not only confused, but lied to. And all of those folks that's worshiping idols and bows to Mary. And my heart breaks. I get angry at those guys running around in those pretty pajamas that's leading those folks astray. And that's not the only religion where lost people occupy the pews, it's just as bad in Baptist circles. And I say we need to make it a priority tonight. Because here's a man who is religiously lost, devout, and yet he remained lost. God help us to quit accepting somebody's religious garb and jargon. Look, they need to know 100% for sure they're going to heaven. And they need to be always ready to give an answer for the hope that lieth within them. Amen. It's amazing when you ask somebody, yeah, I'm saved, go church. Yeah, what's your preacher's name? Oh, oh, well, they change a lot down there. and we, just It's hard to keep up with all the preachers that's changing. That's baloney. Uh, we, just, we need to be constantly. Notice second place, missions is a priority because desires to get the gospel. Because God desires to get the gospel. To every creature in the world. Amen. You notice who's who's running the show in these verses? It's God. God knows there's a man named Cornelius. God knows there's a soul winner by the name of Peter. God knows if he can get Peter and Cornelius together, he'll get saved in his house. God works on Cornelius and God works on Peter. Listen, if you and I go soul winning, God works on both ends. He works on your end and the other end. And I'll guarantee if you... Witness enough. You talked to enough people about Amen. Christ. There'll be somebody ready to listen to the gospel. Every time there'll be somebody ready to listen to the gospel. Notice if you would please. The seeking sinner. In verse number 3 through 6. The seeking sinner. This is unreal. You mean there's sinners who actually seek the Lord? Verse 3. And he saw in a vision. Now, you need to stop right there just a minute. He saw in a vision. Everything about the ninth hour of the day, and the angel of God coming to him, saying to him, Cornelius. Can I please help you a minute? Is there anything in you and I, before we got saved, that would lead us to seek the Lord? There is not one sinner in this community or around the world that seeks God without God initiates it. The Bible said there's none that seeketh after God. That's Romans chapter number 1 verse 9. There's none that seeketh after God. I was not looking for God 46 years ago. God was looking for me. You got that? God, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm just so glad he found me. Amen. You know, the way I was running, it took a, a fast soul winner to catch me back when I got saved. And you say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? Look at Romans chapter 1, and I want to show you verse 19 to 21. I've got five minutes, and I'll be done. Here it is, a sinner seeking the Savior. God desires the gospel to the seeking sinner. Now notice, if you would, I want you to note this in verse 19 of Romans chapter 1. For the, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Where did all the things that you see come from? Who made this world? They are clearly manifest for everybody who has the brain the size of an English pea to understand that all this didn't evolve. If it did, I wish that maybe somebody would evolve into a better situation than what we find walking up and down the streets of Joshua. Because everybody I find, you know, in Joshua, are just lying sinners. You're welcome. Verse twenty-one for uh, for that for because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Let me show you three things, right quick. One. Who is searching for God. Is responding to a witness from somewhere. Nobody. Nobody but nobody. Just comes to a place. And starts seeking God. Notice if you would please. The witness from within. In verse number 19. The witness from within. A sinner A witness from within. The Bible said. For the wrath of God. Is revealed. From our verse 19. Because that which may be. Known of God. Is manifest. In. Them. The inward. Witness. A conscience. Go to the doctor's office. I went the other day. I'm going to have surgery on. One of my eyes. I hope I get the right one. Because I got two and they have a choice, you know. And the doctor started explaining to me an eye. And how that the light comes in and, and bounces off of the back of the eye. And he started naming all the, all the things in the eye and how it works. And I said, man, I wonder how long it would take that to evolve like that. I mean, just, just the eye. I'm not talking about the rest of it and all the arteries and all everything in the brain and the, and the electric, uh, electrodes in the brain. I'm not talking, I'm just talking about the eye. How can anybody, how can anybody breathing God's air not realize from within there's just something somewhere bigger, better, a designer and a design and a creation. Amen. It's amazing. When you think about that guy sitting in that thatched roof and, and he goes out at night and looks at the stars and there's the witness of God. Amen. Uh, Amen. And then he sits down and just thinks about himself. Just maybe he's looking at his wife and she's a lot prettier than he is. And and he wonders, I wonder why you evolved that way and I evolved this way. Was there some key to the evolutionary process that one day you just grew some things I don't have and, and I grew some things that you don't have and uh, we look different, we feel different, we act different, Our temperament is different. Our attitude is different. You think maybe God... uh, 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 Boy, the evolutionary God must have made a mistake. How can you be so ignorant to think that in the process of evolution, the witness within, then the witness without, the, the heavens declare His handiwork. Man, ain't God good. But you know, nobody ever comes to Christ without a witness. And then there's a witness from the past, verse 21. The Bible said, when they knew God. When they, when they knew God, you know what they did? They built church houses. They don't build church houses no more. They make them look like a gymnasium. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. But they did know God. And when they knew God, they started having church on Sunday. And when they did know God, they had Sunday school to teach the kids. So that one of these days when the kids got old enough, they might respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And when they knew God, uh, uh, they looked at the calendar and said, B.C. and A.C. I wonder what that means. When they knew God. Uh, There's a backward Witness, there is an inward witness, there's an outward witness, but still they need somebody because no man cometh the Father but by Him. Religious, sincere. Knows there's something somewhere. There's something missing. That that void that's in the heart of man can only be filled by Jesus Christ. Amen. And they try everything in the world until a missionary goes. And says, I have the answer. That God you've been worshiping, you know not. Him I declare unto you. Isn't that something? That's why missions should be a priority and I just think maybe we're just going to keep on sending missionaries Uh, some of them are yellow out in the parking lot Uh, those are yellow missionaries going up and down the highway say well them kids they don't pay the bills neither does the driving crowd God does and you'd be surprised where it comes from You would absolutely blow your mind where it comes from. God shall meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory if we don't look within and begin to minister to each other. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? Now we're ministering to each other tonight. What about tomorrow on the job? What about tomorrow at the grocery store? What about tomorrow down at the hospital? You see, I just believe missions is a priority because God only uses men to reach men. Of course, when I talk about men, I'm talking about women, mankind. Notice, if you would please, I read for you verse 7 and 8. The Bible says this, and I, I just want to go now. I'm done. I'm done. You say you say that an awful lot, preacher. Yeah, but I'm done this time, honest. Verse 7 and 8. Look at this. God uses men and only men to reach men. Verse 7 And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier to them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. You read the rest of the story. And Peter is at Joppa. And he lays down to take a nap. And when he laid down to take a nap, he hears a knock on the door. I don't know how far Joppa is from Caesarea. But I'm sure it was a little while. And Peter laid down to take a nap a knock on the door he went to the door and there was two men at the door Peter had already seen a vision God had already showed him remember that sheet that came down from heaven all those four footed beasts running that you remember that and God told him take and eat and uh, Peter said I've not eaten anything unclean from my youth that's pretty good testimony huh that means hadn't drunk a Pepsi. And hadn't been through Godly on Friday night and stopped at the catfish place. Man, he's clean. And God said, kill and eat. Peter said, wait a minute. I don't eat unclean things. You know what God said? Don't you call anything unclean or common that I've already told you to kill and eat. Huh? Peter said, Thank God I'm going through godly Friday night. <laughs> Catfish this weekend, right? <laughs> For the first time, Peter could eat anything on a cow from the brisket back. You know what he's teaching? He's teaching Peter that he's not one dab better than anybody else. Right. He's teaching Peter that forgiveness is free to everyone. That Jesus loves everyone the same way. Is that not so? And he looked at Peter and said, Peter, those Gentiles that you're going to win to Christ, Cornelius, they are not unclean. I died for them too. And that's the first time Peter has been preaching to Gentiles. That's the second key to the kingdom. Remember, Peter was given the key. And he opened it to the Jew." Now open to the Gentile. Even throw the keys away. That's why missions should be a priority. Because I'll bet you there's a bunch of Corneliuses. That's all confused. They're probably Muslims over in Thailand. And I'll bet you there's some confused folks in Mexico. That's walking on their knees. Over the rocks and the glass, paying penance, paying for their own sins when Jesus has already paid it all. Religious, devout, but lost. Man, just the word lost is enough to turn you off. Just to say they're lost. God has no other plan than man going to men with his plan.